When it's time to seed grass, fertilize turf, or add a pop of color to your yard, Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered with unbeatable deals on lawn and garden essentials. Find value on everything you need in-store or online at farmandfleet.com. Good morning and happy Monday. This is Reba McClone filling in for Pam Yonke. It's currently 5.05 on Monday, September 16th. And although it is already Monday and the weekend went much too fast, we can rejoice in the fact that we did have another Packers win yesterday. Looking ahead to our show right now, today we have a talk with Rodrigo Worley, who's an assistant professor at UW-Madison and a weed specialist through the UW Extension, talking about his research regarding industrial hemp. So we'll be listening in on that to find out more about that crop. Later in the hour, Josh Scramlin is going to be talking with the dairy farmers of Wisconsin about what's been going on in their world lately. And of course, as always, we'll have our chat with ag meteorologist Stu Muck to see how the weather is doing today and looking for the rest of the week. We have a look at your agribusiness news and of course, and a look at your opening market numbers as well. As we get started into our show this morning, we want to say thank you to Rural Mutual Insurance, where premiums paid here stay here to keep Wisconsin strong as they once again support our solution to Farmers program this fall, so stay tuned and watch us online and on our Facebook to see the happenings within that program as well. And we also want to send you over to the thefabulousfarmbabe.net to sign up for your own Fabulous Farm Baby Bib, thanks to our friends at Quick Trip, who are proud supporters of Wisconsin agriculture and want to thank you for your support of Wisconsin agriculture as well. So head over there, all you have to do is sign up and we'll mail you a free Fabulous Farm Baby Bib, thanks to Quick Trip once again. And with that, all we ask is that you send us a photo back so we can showcase your fabulous farm baby. We've gotten some great photos back already so far. We had one where a little baby was out meeting the cows for the first time. We've also had some babies looking pretty grumpy in their bib photos as well. So we want to see your fabulous farm baby. And you'll email those photos to us and that information will all be found in the mailing packet. Once again, I'm Reba McClone filling in for Pam Yonke and we'll be back right after this. I bet many of you don't even know that Wisconsin's got a school of veterinary medicine right there on the UW-Madison campus. Sometimes if you don't need that resource, you don't realize it's there. That's the way it was for Jody. Her dog Piper came down with an emergency gastrointestinal problem and she needed help right away. And she turned to the UW School of Veterinary Medicine. I called them immediately knowing that I could get through to somebody and they pretty much walked me through it. And that alone just put me at ease. So I called back probably 15 minutes later and said, I'm on my way. Fortunately, that emergency after our visit to the UW School of Veterinary Medicine was productive. Today, Jody is a strong advocate for the UW School of Veterinary Medicine and their expansion project. My name is Jody, and I'm the mom to my dog, Piper. I 100% support the building project for the UW School of Veterinary Medicine, and I hope you will too. It's a gem for Wisconsin. You can help. Go to animalsneedheroes2too.com for more. Lots of information continues to come out about one of the newest crops being grown to any great extent in Wisconsin. That, of course, is industrial hemp. Bob Bosel here at the northern end of the world's longest barn. And uh, I know Reba down in the southern part of the state at the University of Wisconsin in Madison, industrial hemp and the researchers have uh, given some of the PhDs kind of a, a new thing to look at in their laboratories, haven't it? 
Oh, that it definitely has for sure, Bob. This is Reba McClone at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. And Rodrigo Worley is one of those assistant professors at UW-Madison, and he decided to head up a really ambitious project regarding industrial hemp and brought in people throughout the entire College of Agriculture and Life Sciences to be looking at different aspects of it. And, you know, we know a lot about growing corn and soybeans, but this was a way to find out more about growing hemp and those best practices. Hemp has been all the craze as a potential cash crop, but what are the best management practices? How should you be controlling weeds, insects, disease, and many more factors? Well, Rodrigo Worley, who's an assistant professor at UW-Madison in the agronomy department, decided to start a research project regarding hemp that included people from plant pathology, entomology, horticulture, and many more. I asked him to give me a general overview of the entire research project thus far. It's been a very challenging and exciting project as, at the same time as a young uh, scientist here uh, to take on. Uh, in Wisconsin, one uh, was legally able to grow uh, you know, hemp in 2018. However, the university, we didn't do any research. Okay, So 2019 marks the first year that uh, UW-Madison uh, is doing some research. Okay? I come from the uh, agronomy department uh, and my interest here is you know, help farmers to be able to succeed if they decide to establish this crop. Okay, So it's been a tremendous uh, learning experience. I've never dealt uh, with hemp before and like many of our st- stakeholders have. And so it's been a very interesting uh, process indeed. Okay, So there's a couple things to keep in mind. First, there's, uh, you know, there are three purposes that you can grow this crop for. CBD, okay, which is the main interest right now, and that's primarily grown as a horticultural crop uh, where you're going to be treating plants individually. Okay, The other alternatives are for grain, uh, fiber or there's you know dual purpose there grain and fiber and this is the research uh, we're doing and uh, here uh, at Arlington Station so we have uh, some colleagues working on the CBD and we in the agronomy department horticulture soils we're focusing more on the grain looking at whether uh, industrial hemp for either grain fiber potentially the dual purpose uh, could be a crop that we would see uh, in our uh, rotations out there okay so it's a new crop uh, there's a lot of questions if you think about corn and soybeans we've been growing corn and soybeans for many many years uh, and we continue to learn. There's always new challenges, new recommendations. So we're having, we're trying to learn as much as we can in a short period of time. Uh, we're able to bring a large group of researchers and educators uh, together uh, to start this program. Okay. So what we're looking now first is a variety trial. We have 15 varieties. We have varieties from U.S., from Canada, and all over Europe. We're looking at how these varieties adapt, how much fiber they can produce, and how much grain they can produce. So that's our first trial. The second trial is starting we're evaluating uh you know two commonly grown varieties across the midwest and we're evaluating the response to nitrogen and seeding rate the recommendation for seeding seeding rate now goes from 20 to 40 pounds of live seeds Uh, that's a very wide recommendation the seeds are expensive so we're trying to optimize and understand what is the best uh, seeding rate so that's a big part uh, of what we are doing we're also looking at weed management okay so no matter if you're growing hemp for uh you know in organic systems or conventional systems there are no synthetic pesticides registered so weed management has become one of the major challenges so we're looking at you know 
agronomic practices such as planting time, row spacing, and also mechanical practices, uh, you know, tillage, inter-row cultivation, time weeding, how those uh, can help us control weeds, okay? So I'm speaking here, but I'm speaking on behalf, again, of 20 different researchers that are looking at all different aspects. And then the, we're also uh, looking at the possibility of double cropping, so taking the wheat out and then coming with industrial hemp afterwards, see if there is some potential there uh, for producing this uh, crop this way. And then we're also working with our colleagues in the biological systems engineering. We want to understand how to harvest this crop. Okay, This crop is really sensitive uh, to moisture, so you want to harvest and you want to dry it as soon as possible so that crop uh, does not mold. So we're working with our engineers trying to understand the best way to harvest the grain okay, and the best way uh, to process it. So it's been a very uh, you know, holistic uh, approach that we've taken here to trying to understand uh, you know, this crop and hopefully soon here start providing some of our preliminary recommendations to our stakeholders. Those are a lot of moving parts right now and a lot of people involved with it. What were some of the hiccups you hit? I know you and I had been trying to set up an interview for a long time and you were like, I don't have it in the ground yet. I don't I don't have enough to do do, do an update. What are some of the hiccups including that? Right. No, this, this is a great point. Uh, again, it's a new crop and I was not, I don't want to use the word afraid, but I'm not sure what I can say yet. Okay. But I, I was recently in Kentucky for meetings there, learning more about the hemp uh, industry. You know, the first thing I tell farmers, grain, fiber, the biggest hiccup right now is the market. Okay, this is a classic scenario here where things are happening too fast, a little bit ahead of the science, I guess, and a little bit ahead of the politics. And I don't think we're quite ready. Uh, the infrastructure is not quite ready. Okay, because if you're producing it for fiber, you have a lot of tonnage that's produced. Uh, we don't have processing facilities yet. And if you got to haul that biomass for more than fifty, hundred dollars, then you're paying. Okay, so we're not making money off of that crop. So if you're growing it for fiber or if you're growing it for grain, you got to make sure you have a market established. The other things that I've come to learn is that this crop likes water. Okay, but when it's getting established, it doesn't like excessive moisture. Otherwise, it starts running into issues uh, with the establishment there. It's kind of a weak seedling taking off. The weeds, for sure, have been a big problem. In our variety trial here where plots didn't establish well, or in some scenarios where we didn't get a good seed soil contact, the weeds took over and we pretty much have no hemp left. So again, if you're going to grow the crop, you're going to make sure you go in a place with low uh, weed pressure and then you do a good job you know, managing the weeds before you establish that crop and do good agronomics so that crop can compete uh, with the weeds just because again if you're in a conventional system there are no synthetic uh, pesticides for post-emergence weed control and then what are some of your preliminary results right now uh, preliminary results uh, good agronomics really good weed suppression uh, we you know any of the yield data the THC content we're gonna be analyzing the fiber production is all we're all gonna start taking uh, two weeks from now what I want to say is that here in our variety trial 15 different varieties is just amazing the variability you get from variety to variety so I encourage our stakeholders if they're interested in doing grain production to watch for our preliminary uh, you know report this fall uh, just so they make sure they pick a good variety that's kind of well adapted to our growing conditions here in the state of Wisconsin. What about insects and disease? What issues have you seen with that? Well, Dr. Damon Smith is uh, it's, uh, up on that right now and I would probably divert uh, you to, to them on that question. He's seen a lot of fusarium. He's seen a lot of different things on the disease side. I've heard Japanese beetle have preference on the insect side. Japanese beetle have insect preference for some of the varieties too. Uh, but I'll probably divert that question to Brian Jensen 
Robinson on the entomology side and then uh, Dr. Damon Smith on the plant pathology. But what I do want to point out that they're collecting data. They've been collecting data now on a weekly basis now that they're starting to see Fusarium and some of the other diseases and all that is going to be uh, available to our stakeholders when the report comes out. And then what are you hoping for for the rest of the year for the rest of this study? Okay, so we're getting ready now to harvest. Uh, uh, you know, this afternoon we're going to discuss with the rest of the group how we're going to be handling harvest. Uh, harvest is a crucial aspect of the grain crop because from harvest, as soon as you get the grain out of the, the field, you have about four hours to air dry it so it doesn't start molding. So we're getting ourselves prepared. Our plots here is all going to be hand harvested because we want to see the true uh, yield that these varieties can produce. Uh, but we have Dr. Brian Luck and Dr. Shinners, Kevin Shinners in the biological system. Uh, engineering department are studying the different platforms and seed heads how they can be uh, utilized for harvesting the grain of this crop but we need clean grain and we need to air dry it as soon as possible if we want to keep that good quality of the grain and plans for next year so as you know in research we always have to replicate what we do and we try to do it multiple years so all the trials we're doing we're going to continue that uh, there you know for fiber purposes primarily there's interest in understanding potential pesticides synthetic pesticides that could be used for weed control, pest control uh, and so we're starting to uh, study that as well and we're doing this whole cropping system studies to see you know, how would hemp best fit in our uh, current growing conditions here. That was Rodrigo Worley, an assistant professor and extension cropping systems weed scientist in the agronomy department at UW-Madison. Results from this year's study should be coming out soon and next year Rodrigo has plenty in store as well. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Reba McClone. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Hi, I'm Travis Ganser. We hear you. You need a new bathroom. Ganser Company is proud to introduce 80 years and 80 minutes. Simply put, you need real information and pricing so you can make a good decision and spend your precious time with your family and friends, not contractors failing to call you back, taking weeks to get you an estimate, or the high-pressure sales pitch you dread. Our 80 years of hindsight for 80 minutes of your time. We give you the skinny in 80 minutes to make an educated decision. Bath Planet acrylic tubs and showers are the only bath systems that have the good housekeeping seal of approval. What that means is no more scrubbing grout lines, unsightly stains, leaky faucets, or using harsh chemicals. No more hiding your outdated and maybe embarrassing bathroom. So call today, 608-222-1243, or stop into our showroom and see the Bath Planet experience. Remember, 80 years and 80 minutes from a local family business of four generations. It's that simple. Dancer, that's the answer. Shop with your heart, mm-hmm. great place to start mm-hmm. on your budget and community. Reduce, reuse, mm-hmm. recycle too. Mm-hmm. We can do it all at St. Vinny's. Oh, let's go shop St. Vinny's, yeah. Let's go shop St. Vinny's, yeah. Let's go shop St. Vinny's, yeah. Let's go shop St. After the problems this year, no one has to be reminded of how cruel nature can be. I'm Shannon Latham. Come drought, hail, or high water, if you plant the minimum product required, you're fully protected by Latham Seeds Replant Program. 75 bags of Latham brand corn or a 36-bag increase gets you 100% replant. And 200 units of Latham soybeans treated with Soy Shield Plus earns the same. 
Let's hope not, but just in case, go to LathamSeeds.com or call 877-GO-LATHAM. On the job till the cows come home, this is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Good morning. It is currently 520, and this is Reba McClone filling in for Pam Yonke right now. And on the line, we have ag meteorologist Stu Muck. Stu, I could barely see out my car on the drive-in this morning. Uh, You're not alone. A lot of folks are out on the road and found out just how dense, dense, dense that fog is. Some indications are less than a quarter mile of visibility And I think that may be in an area where it's not quite so dense because we have a whole lot of fog that settled on into Wisconsin last night, still laying around this morning. The dense fog advisory until 10 a.m. covering uh, areas like all the way from La Crosse up into central and around eastern Wisconsin as well. No dense fog advisory per se in the Madison area but there's still a whole lot of fog out there. So let's all be extra careful with that. What we're dealing with is the fact that it really calmed down through the night, almost no breeze anywhere. And with that more mild air starting to build in, we are really going to warm it up in the early part of this week, well above normal temperatures for the next several days. And not much to talk about for precipitation, even though there's a warm front extending from the Dakotas down towards Southern Iowa, Illinois, back to Northern Indiana, We're not going to be dealing with rain here in Wisconsin. We are going to deal with a whole lot of mild air building in and a few more clouds developing later tonight or on toward Tuesday or Wednesday. It's by late Wednesday and into Wednesday night that the chance of a shower or thunderstorm first develops in western Wisconsin and then Wednesday and into Thursday across the rest of the state. And even then, just scattered showers or storms. Not a big, widespread, heavy rainmaker, but some rain chances exist with even that rain chance, it stays mild. Daytime high still in the upper 70s and 80s. That's what we expect around here right through the week. I'll have forecast details right after this. Rural Mutual, the number one farm insurer in Wisconsin, now sells industrial hemp insurance. With decades of experience in agriculture, Protect your hemp operation with leaders in the field. Visit RuralMutual.com slash farm. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. There goes Pam Yonke across Wisconsin in her suburban truck. Reclaim water from cow manure? Wisconsin-based Aqua Innovations proprietary nutrient concentration system delivers pathogen-free organic fertilizer, fewer trucks on the road, and a balance between growth and the environment. Aqua Innovations, here for good. And by Blaine's Farm and Fleet, the original, authentic, still family-owned since 1955. Keep up with Pam at fabulousfarmbabe.net, Facebook, and Twitter. All right, and we are back on the line with egg meteorologist Stu Muck, and I think you brought up a really good point about making sure you just take your time out on the road with all that fog. Yeah, it is really dense, and in many areas, of course, with the dense fog advisory till 10 a.m., we're having that quarter-mile visibility or less, so be really cautious. 
As the fog burns off today, clouds will thin out, becoming mostly sunny a bit later on. Oh, I'd expect to be around 80 at Madison. Could actually be in the upper 80s at La Crosse and Boston. And winds out of the north will only be around 5. In fact, becoming variable yet late today. Overnight, becoming mostly cloudy. Some fog building in again late in the night. Back down to around 60. Southeast winds at 5. Some morning fog and a partly sunny day Tuesday. Still in the low to mid-80s almost everywhere. Southeast winds at 5. Partly sunny Wednesday in the low 80s. That chance of an afternoon shower in La Crosse developing in the rest of the state for Wednesday night and into Thursday. So, Reba, I expect a little more moisture with the rain chance, but very mild temps. The 80s that our crops want to see for more growing degree units, that's what's around this week. Well, that sounds perfect and exactly like what we're needing. Thank you so much, Stu, and we'll check in with you tomorrow. You bet. Have a great day. Thanks. You too, Stu. Yeah, so looking at some of your local temperatures right now in La Crosse, it's currently 63. And of course, like Stu said, we've got that fog. Mauston, you're also at 63 degrees. Fond du Lac, you're currently at 64. It's saying cloudy, not so much foggy, but still be cautious out there. Oshkosh, cloudy at 65. Ripon, you're 63 degrees and cloudy. And Madison, 63 and foggy. So yeah, once again, just take your time out there in the fog, guys. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Celebrating 100 years, the Wisconsin Farm Bureau. It's a grassroots organization of people just like you and me who care about keeping agriculture strong. Joining the Farm Bureau can also qualify you for a number of money-saving member benefits that include discounts on insurance, travel, even equipment. Farm Bureau proud for 100 years. Become a member today at WFBF.com. A voice for farmers, vision for agriculture. Wisconsin Farm Bureau. When a company only does business in Wisconsin, that's Wisconsin Strong. When their employees live where you live, that's Wisconsin Strong. When they support the local community by giving back, that's Wisconsin Strong. When your insurance premiums stay here, that's keeping Wisconsin Strong. Rural Mutual has been voted one of the top 50 insurance companies in the nation for auto, home, business, and farm insurance for the 10th year in a row. Their local agents and local employees make us Wisconsin Strong. Visit RuralMutual.com to learn more. Hi, I'm Travis Ganser. We hear you. You need a new bathroom. Ganser Company is proud to introduce 80 Years in 80 Minutes. Simply put, you need real information and pricing so you can make a good decision and spend your precious time with your family and friends, not contractors failing to call you back, taking weeks to get you an estimate, or the high-pressure sales pitch you dread. Our 80 Years of Hindsight for 80 Minutes of Your Time. We give you the skinny in 80 minutes to make an educated decision. Bath Planet acrylic tubs and showers are the only bath systems that have the good housekeeping seal of approval. What that means is no more scrubbing grout lines, unsightly stains, leaky faucets, or using harsh chemicals. No more hiding your outdated and maybe embarrassing bathroom. So call today, 608-222-1243, or stop into our showroom and see the Bath Planet experience. Remember, 80 years and 80 minutes from a local family business of four generations. It's that simple. Dancer, that's the answer. Are you fairly fit but would love a little edge up? Are you entering middle age with a slowing metabolism and weak core? MSculpt may be your answer. A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie is proud to be one of the first clinics in the area to offer this new muscle building technology called MSculpt. 
It's approved for building and toning abs, arms, butt, thighs, and calves. MSculp works. One 30-minute treatment can be equivalent to 20,000 crunches or 20,000 squats. It's safe, effective, and painless with virtually no downtime. Sound too good to be true? Visit Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie to learn more. Let your natural beauty shine through. View our specials at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. Silver and gold shining forever. Diamonds and other exotic gemstones, some mined right here in the United States. Great prices, a helpful staff. Where can you find all of this? I'm telling you, Goodman's Jewelers. They've been in business for 85 years because they know how to treat their customers right. They've been a part of a lot of love stories in those 85 years, from engagement rings to wedding bands to necklaces, brooches. They even have officially licensed NCAA Bucky Badger. UW Jewelry. And if you've got a graduate who's maybe heading to UW, you may want to stop by Goodman's Jewelers to pick up that perfect gift. And they've got a gift for every occasion and someone to guide you along the way. Back in the day when I used to hear Jewelry Store, I thought there's nothing in there that I can afford. Stop in and talk to John and his staff and find out just how wrong we are. They've got some beautiful pieces at all price points. Their website, Goodman'sJewelers.com. Their location, 220 State Street. Same spot for those 85 years. It's 3 a.m. Your home is freezing. No, it's not your furnace. It's your empty propane tank that your provider forgot to fill. Don't let this become your reality. Contact the propane experts at Insight FS. Ask them about their tank monitoring program that gives you 24-7 access to your tank levels. Insight FS also offers convenient contracting or budget billing programs. Don't get left in the cold. Let Insight FS bring the heat. Visit InsightFS.com for a propane expert near you. TDS Fiber, the future of Internet, TV, and phone service, is expanding to more communities. Register now at tdsfiber.com slash radio. Enjoy Internet speeds up to 1 gig at your home or business. That's 10 times faster than 100 meg from cable. Plus, change the way you watch TV with our whole home DVR. Can't get that with cable. Powerful Internet, premium services. Go to tdsfiber.com slash radio to register, learn about bonus offers, and more. TDS Fiber available in certain areas. See website for details. Okay, Rob, obviously there's a ton of interest in this game with Packers-Vikings and following up from last week, but I always got to start with the most important question. Aaron Rodgers yesterday says, no more wave at Lambeau Field on offense. We asked the question today on our Twitter poll, does Rob Reichel think the wave is still cool? Come on, Robbie. Uh, I've never been a big fan. Oh. So, so not only do I not think it's cool now, I didn't think it was cool in <laughs> 1973 or whatever. That Stop it, Robbie. It, so. You totally I've participated been, in it. You know what? I won't even stand at Badger games when that <laughs> thing goes around. At that, at that Central Michigan game, game last week, Evo, I wouldn't even get Robbie, will you will you sing Fill Me a Buttercup? I'm not in Evo. Will you sing Sweet Caroline? Oh, yeah, I'll sing. I'll sing How was that. that not played in lame? <laughs> so... I, I I don't know. It's just, it, whatever. It's personal preference. I You're a Neil Diamond people. guy. I get it. I'm a Neil Diamond guy too. <laughs> no, but yes, I, I I hey, I'm not saying either answer is right or wrong. That, that's just how I do it. So um, you got it, buddy. But I'll say this. I mean, Rogers does have a point when they're on offense and you want things a little quieter. I mean, go nuts, go nuts when the other team has the ball, right? And and try to get loud and rowdy. I I just my personal belief on that, guys, is. 
I mean, you guys have been to enough games at Lambeau. You can walk around. You, you can see the average age of the crowd is, you know, our card and then some. Um, <laughs> it, 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 it's not it's not a youthful group okay. that's going to get up and get loud. It's it's a group that when you get in their way um, or you stand up at you know during a play, the guy behind you is going to scream in your ear to sit down, right. and that 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 that's not going to change. No matter no matter how much the quarterback begs or pleads, and no matter how many tricks and gadgets that Lafleur tries to incorporate over into Lambeau Field. It's 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 just an older fan base, guys, that you know that 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 all this other stuff is kind of gimmicky, the the flickering lights and what have you. I just I I don't know. I I get it. I I understand what they're doing. It's not a very loud place anymore. It hasn't been for a while. It it doesn't have the same built-in home crowd advantage that maybe it once did and certainly that places like Seattle or Kansas City have and, and they're trying to change that but it's a I, I think that's going to be a, a tough hill to climb. Robbie I'll say doing the wave is cooler than Mark Murphy flickering the lights on and off after they score but let me ask you if Rogers who says he wants to get in LaFleur wants to get everyone pumped up you know when it comes to this stuff what if the offense actually performed at a you know a higher level and Rodgers isn't thirty three percent accuracy the worst for starting quarterbacks in week one? What if the offense just I don't know did something? Wouldn't that inspire the crowd? Yeah, you you would think playing good winning football is really the cure all to everything. I remember Ron Wolf saying that when you know when the Packers had that stretch in the in the in the mid nineties where I think they were twenty three and one at home over a three year window and you know they they had a winning streak at one point to twenty five in a row at home. I think before Randy Moss went nuts and on a Monday night and, and almost single-handedly beat them. But Wolf said, he said, the reason this place didn't get loud in the late 80s and the 90s is because we played garbage football. He said, you know, not, now we're chasing Super Bowls, we're winning Super Bowls, we got one hell of a football team, of course it's going to get loud. No, you're, you're, you're absolutely right, Ebo. All the other stuff is, is minor league kind of nonsense to keep, to keep people interested, right? It's, it's like going to a Class A baseball game or – the heck to an NBA game, I think, at some point in time where they never turn the noise off. So it, uh, you're, you're a thousand percent right. Go score 34 points, play winning football, and the crowd's going to go nuts. Uh, speaking of scoring, visiting with our Packer Insider, so let, let's pick up then from last week, Robbie. And uh, this has been the great debate on our show, and I'm sure just about everywhere this week. Uh, the 10 points, you got the win, but you know the concern of they only scored 10 points, was it a the Bear defense is legitimately that good. That was the number one defense in the NFL last year, or is it the Packer offense still has a lot of uh, you know warts and they got some stuff that they need to sort out? Where do you weigh in on that? Yeah, I think it's a combination, Joe. I mean, I think the Bears, when it's all said and done, will be top three in the majority of key defensive categories as long as they, you know, as long as they stay healthy as as a unit this year. Green Bay, though, I, I said this on your show last week, Joe, I didn't think it was going to be pretty from an offensive standpoint. They just didn't have enough time together facing live bullets in the summer. And it's tough to roll out against a defense that good when when you are just not totally in sync. And, and Rodgers even tempered uh, enthusiasm and excitement, if you remember, guys, last week leading into that game. Um, it was the first time he kind of walked back some of his predictions for how good that offense could be. That's 
This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Good morning and welcome back. It's currently 535 right now and I'm Reba McClone filling in for Pam Yonke this morning. And before I get started on our agribusiness news, I just want to say thank you to Rural Mutual Insurance where premiums paid here stay here to keep Wisconsin strong as they support our salute to farmers once again this fall. We appreciate all of their support for Wisconsin farmers and for allowing us to showcase some of those farmers. And now for your agribusiness news. As you all know, dairy farmers have not been immune to the challenging growing season facing agriculture this year. The wet spring and delayed planting caused damage or destroyed crops that are critical for feeding dairy cattle. Dairy farmer Carl Craigness of Wisconsin has family ties of more than 100 years in the dairy business and says it's been challenging to get good feed products grown this year. We're hoping for uh, a warm month here to get through September and hopefully get our corn mature before we have to chop it. A lot of corn will be chopped in the state this year with the alfalfa that, you know, had a rough winter. So a lot of our alfalfa, the majority of it was killed out. Just our new seeding from last year made it. You know, that's kind of what I'm hearing around a lot of the state. So, yeah, we invested a lot of money into seeding alfalfa down, and that's that hurt, you know, coming off of some low milk prices. And, you know, so we, we were fortunate enough to get three cuttings off our new seeding, so we do have some forage but definitely looking forward to some you know high yielding corn silage you know to to get on the feed pad to get us get us through until next spring weathering a rough ag economy with low milk prices craigness says farmers need to focus on what they can control you know, you have to keep your head up, and, you know, I tell people a lot, you know, we talk about the price of milk and the weather, and it's something we just don't have control over. So, you know, we have to keep our head up, and I think there's a lot of opportunity in the future of this industry, and the higher the highs, the lower the lows. I think we've experienced that, and uh, maybe we don't need $24 milk, you know, but, you know, some 18 or $20 milk wouldn't hurt for a little while to get guys to recover. It's changed a lot of the, you know, the way even the lenders view this industry. So it's definitely been some scary times, but I do feel it's going to get better. He also says that taking care of the cows will take care of the farm. Well, I think it all, you know, runs hand in hand. We got to take care of our cows, and in return, they're going to take care of us. You know, that cow comfort, you can't replace that. You go through the barn today, and you see, you know, on the wagons and the tours, you can see the cows laying in the sand bedded stalls. You know, we need to continually get better in this industry. So, you know, it's a good reproductive program. You know, that's a priority here. And uh, cow comfort, high quality feeds, you know, so those are the th- things that we really need to control. And then continually working with employees, and we have a lot of great employees, and, you know, trying to, trying to you know continue to educate them and in our industry and bring in new technology where we can to continually get better that was wisconsin dairy farmer carl craigness we also want to say thank you to quick trip if you head over to the fabulous you can sign up for your free fabulous farm baby bib thanks to our friends at quick trip and with that you would be getting a gallon of milk as well all we ask is that you send us a photo of your fabulous farm baby back and then we'll showcase that photo on the fabulous farm babe website along with photos of all the other fabulous farm babies that have been submitted it's 538 right now and this is reba mcclone i'll be back after this There goes Pam Yonke across Wisconsin in her suburban truck. Thanks to Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board and BadgerBean.com, helping farmers grow sustainable crops to feed a hungry planet. And by your Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin. Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin exists to be a tireless advocate, marketer, and promoter for Wisconsin dairy farmers by growing demand for their dairy products. Keep up with Pam at FabulousFarmBabe.net, Facebook, and Twitter. What do you think? We're going to have rain? We're going to have snow? We're going to have decent ground for the fall harvest. Whatever you're going to face, 
Be ready for it. Fabulous farm babe Pam Yankee here from my buddies at McFarland, 780 Carolina Street in the heart of Sauk City, just off Highway 12. Real easy to find. And I'll tell you what, when you make your way into McFarland's where everything's all under one roof, if you're looking for assistance when it comes to the harvest, walk straight through the store back to the farm department. That's where the boys will be able to help you out. Whether it's a part that you need to make sure something's going to run smoothly or you're looking at new or used farm equipment, they're there to help you out. Remember, they specialize in the Agco product lines. They've got Massey's. They've got Kubotas. Whatever you're looking at, the staff at McFarland's can help you out. And remember, the farm department specifically has years of service. So whether it's new or used, tractors, combines, or short-line equipment, McFarland's is ready to help you all under one roof. Check it out. McFarland's, 780 Carolina Street in the heart of Sauk City, just off Highway 12. And we're back. And before we get a look at your opening market numbers, we want to remind you that as you start to prepare for harvest season, the United Soybean Board says that one of the things to prioritize is management of foreign materials in your harvested grain. Foreign materials, or FM, can be anything from soybean pods to rocks and weeds, according to USB past chair Lewis Bainbridge. Foreign material would be anything other than soybean seeds in their shipments. In this part of the world, our biggest issue would be soybean pods to separate them out. So obviously the main concern is the weed seeds. Bainbridge says keeping foreign materials out of harvested soybeans is a matter of quality for U.S. soybean customers. We want to give our customers, the processors and end users, the quality that they want and deserve. So rather than having a bunch of FM in there, we want to make sure that we can get the best quality that possible to these folks. So that's the main concern. We don't want to have contamination from weed seeds or other FM. He also notes that there are many things that farmers can do during harvest to limit the amount of foreign materials in harvested soybeans. Make sure your combine is maintained properly and you do the best you can on the settings and cleaning things up in between fields, too. One of the last things we can do is make sure that we look ahead for the next planting season. If you have a lot of weed seed, you might want to consider just leaving them lay on top and Mother Nature will deteriorate most of those. So there's a number of things that we as farmers can do to help the process. That was past chair of the U.S. Soybean Board, Lewis Bainbridge. And now here's a look at those opening market numbers. Out of Chicago, cash corn is going to start the day at three seventy and a half, which is up one and three quarters cent. With cash beans at eight ninety seven, down one and three quarters, and wheat prices up a penny at four eighty four and a half. Live cattle will start the day at ninety eight oh seven and a half, with feeder cattle at one thirty four fifty seven and a half, and lean hogs at sixty six forty seven and a half. Double A butter is going to start at two twenty-two and a quarter, with block cheese starting at two twenty and a half, and barrel cheese starting at one ninety-two. And in milk contracts right now, October milk is going to start at nineteen thirty, with November milk at eighteen thirty-eight, and December milk starting the day at seventeen sixty-two. That's been a look at your opening market numbers on Monday, September sixteenth, and we'll be back with a talk with the dairy farmers of Wisconsin right after this. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. My part-time service in the Army National Guard makes it possible for me to be more for the community I call home. I'm a better neighbor because my service has taught me how important it is to be a team player. My training helps me in my classes when I give attention to detail to the task at hand. My service also allows me to be there for my community in ways others can't. I help my hometown recover after nature strikes. 
My service in the Army National Guard allows me to keep my country and those I care about safe from threats. I also work with a network of professionals that help me succeed. Also, the Army National Guard's education benefits make getting a higher education a reality. Being an Army National Guard soldier makes living and serving in my community more rewarding every day. Learn more about how you too can live and serve part-time close to home by visiting NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Wisconsin Army National Guard. Aired by the Wisconsin Broadcasters Association and this station. Thank you to everybody that made it to our free travel show. It looks like you want to join me in Panama and Costa Rica to kick off the new calendar year. Pam Yankee here. Our next farm adventure, January 4th through the 13th, we're visiting Costa Rica and Panama. You want to come along? We've got a brand new tool for you to be able to learn more about the trip. All you need to do is jump online, holidayvacations.com, enter keyword Pam, and they've got special online video presentations to show you some of the sites that we'll be enjoying on the trip. And that includes, of course, Doka Coffee. We'll visit Corso Dairy and learn a little bit about agriculture in Costa Rica. There's Arnal Volcano National Park, Monteverde Cloud Forest Reserve. Then it's on to Panama, where we'll not only enjoy a full transit on the Panama Canal, but we'll also get a chance to visit with the indigenous population that still make that region their home. Call Holiday Vacations toll-free, 800-826-2266, and join me on this Costa Rica-Panama trip. Tilling every inch of land in the state, except Lambeau Field, there's consecrated ground. Pam Yonke and the Farm Report. It's Josh Gramlin filling in for Pam Yonke. Every once in a while, we like to sit down with our good friends at the Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin and talk about where your dairy check-off dollars are going. Today, I am joined by Karen Doster. She is the Director of Youth and School Programs for the Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin. Karen, thank you so much for stopping by the studio. Thank you for having me today. Yeah, of course. So, uh, you know... It's interesting to see where the dairy checkoff dollars are going. This is a program that I think long-term is an amazing thing. Uh, So before we get into anything, could you please explain to me what the Fuel Up uh, to Play 60 program is? Okay, well, you know what? This is actually exciting because this is the 10-year anniversary of this in-school health and wellness program. It's the leading program in uh, the United States in schools. And what that means, the Fuel Up is fueling up with healthy foods, Uh, nutritious foods like low-fat and fat-free dairy, fruits, vegetables, and whole grains, but primarily the dairy is what we're focusing on. And the Play 60 is exercising for 60 minutes a day. And it's really a collaboration, a partnership of several different organizations. And uh, that's where the the dollars are going. So you've had 10 years to monitor this. Mm -hmm. And as you said, this program has a large focus on dairy, especially Mm -hmm. here in Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. You're really trying to get kids to participate in long-term dairy consumption. So over Mm -hmm. the 10 years, how has that been going? Well, that's been going very well. You know, uh, in Wisconsin, we have over 500 schools that are really, really actively involved, and that reaches about 175,000 kids a year. Over the 10 years, we've reached about 3 million Wisconsin students with mm. this program. And uh, it's, it's really exciting to, to see the, the changes. What The way this program works is that the students take action for their own health. Mm-hmm. And so student teams are formed in the schools, and they are influencing their peers, reminding them that you need to you know have milk with your meals, uh, include yogurt yogurt, parfaits, smoothies, different things like that, and also to be active. So that's really what makes this program work. Hmm. It's funny because I'm thinking back to when I was in school, and for some reason I remember my teachers always saying, milk builds character. And still to this day, (laughs) I think about that. But this is like this giant 
uh, magnificent program that you guys have been running. Mm -hmm. And another thing that I really like about this program is that uh, you're trying to build a trust in farming. That's right. It's really, and I want to you know mention how this program came together, and this will explain how it does function that way. Yeah, please. Is it's a collaboration of the uh, National Dairy Council, mm -hmm. okay, the NFL, the USDA, the dairy farmers uh, out there, as well as the educators, the teachers, the adults, and the students most of all. All of them work together in partnership in, in nationally as well as regionally. And the reason for this is because we want kids to have trust in farming, a love of dairy, a long-term consumption of dairy. And so all of these ways that we're working with this program really focus on that. Talking with Karen Doster from the Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin. We're talking about the Fuel Up and Play 60 program that has been going on for 10 years here in the state of Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about this program in Wisconsin specifically. You mentioned some numbers earlier, but mm -hmm. uh, how many schools, how many students, and uh, how is this having an effect on school milk and yogurt sales is what I'm curious about. Well, on. yes, you know, uh, again, about 500 schools actively involved, you know, over the years. And uh, about 3 million kids have been reached, 175,000, you know, per year on average. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the activities that we, we do focus on milk, yogurt, and cheese, the, the most nutrient-rich uh, types of dairy products that we offer the schools. And what we found last year in a, in a study that was done by uh, – um, the National Dairy Council, is that there was an increase in uh, school milk, about 5.6%, and in yogurt sales, about 21.3%. And a lot of the reason for the yogurt is we're really encouraging smoothies, okay? S mm. Smoothies you could make with yogurt. Uh -huh. You should make with yogurt because it <laughs> yes. tastes great. Milk, maybe put some fruit in there. You put vegetables. So it has all those components that you know, are really part of this program. Uh, also, yogurt parfait bars. That's a really big mm -hmm. reason, too. And the milk, we really try to work on um, increasing breakfast. You know, breakfast participation is so important in schools. There's so many kids that don't come to school and eating breakfast first. Of course. So schools offer that. And if we're working with schools to try to increase participation, getting more kids to come to breakfast, and when you do that, milk is always offered, and so that can help increase increase milk sales too. So we're going to try to even work harder on that and uh, come up with some new ways to increase that milk. It's interesting because I, I appreciate you guys hopping on to some of these trends because mm -hmm. as you said, smoothies are the cool thing yeah. right now. Parfaits are uh, delicious. Right. I'm a parfait guy. Mm -hmm. um, do you find yourself tapping into some of these Gen Z consumer trends? To Because what ages um, are you after? Is it just elementary, just high school? What are the ages? The, the main range is elementary all the way through high school. The really focus is probably you know maybe fourth grade to tenth grade. That's mm -hmm. kind of what the program is designed for. But you know what I'm finding with these students, and you could even talk, the president of the National Dairy Council mentioned this too, and talking to a lot of these, the high school students, these kids want to know where their food comes from. Mm -hmm. They want to know that um, where their dairy comes from and uh, that the, the, it's protecting the environment, that the cows are taken good care of. And so more than anything, they also want to you know, visit dairy farms. Mm -hmm. They want to see firsthand. This program are actually um, been funding a lot of field trips to dairy farms so students can see the farm in action. And uh, a lot of the reasons uh, schools may not go on a field trip there is they, you know, they need some help with the, the busing and, and the dollars for that. So we help support that too. And, and we also support with through other kinds of dollars as well to support the program in the schools. So uh, I think that's just this generation really, really 
um, is smart, and and they they want to eat well, but they want to make sure they're eating the right kinds of foods too. Of course, talking about where your dairy checkoff dollars are going, Karen, how does it seem as though farmers are reacting to this program as a whole? I mean, they've got to be excited that dairy consumption is going up in these mm-hmm. younger people, but mm-hmm. what would you say their reactions are? From I think farmers? that they they enjoy this program. I know this because I've talked to dairy farmers firsthand. I brought students to farms to see their reaction. They want to share their story. Mm-hmm. And uh, to see the the students, you know, eyes light up and now have a better understanding. Um, I, I also know that they really appreciate uh, us trying to work with these schools and students to bring dairy in in new ways. This might be through innovative recipes, you know, using uh, Wisconsin cheese in, in recipes that may not uh, be normally on the menu, uh, trying to put in smoothie bars and yogurt parfait bars. And we're starting to work with some schools on hot chocolate milk. Ooh. I mean, that seems like an easy one. That's mm-hmm. that's happy, you know when it gets cold here in Wisconsin and it lasts a really long time. Why not take that milk and heat it up, that chocolate milk, and then serve it to the students? A different way of doing it. Coffee bars is another thing that we're we're uh, looking at because you can have milk to uh, lattes and to coffee and get some more milk consumption in new and different ways besides just the carton of milk. Now, I'm admiring. The first thing that I noticed was your pullover that you have. You have uh-huh. the Fuel Up to Play 60, yes. but it has a Packers twist on it. So mm-hmm. how are the Packers involved in this program? Well, see, uh, the way this program is, is it's a national program, but every throughout the nation, there are regional dairy councils and regional um, dairy associations. And in Wisconsin, that's the Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin. So that's why um, we have the Fuel Up to Play 60 with the green and gold because our team is the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> so we have that um, partnership with the Packers. And what's great is this program is built a lot on incentives for students. We motivate a lot of the schools and the student teams to uh, really take a look at the dairy, really take a look at activating this in their school because they might win tickets to a Packer game of or get a visit from a, a player. You know, So you know, kids, we all, all react to uh, incentives. <laughs> yes, we do. So we have a lot of that. And so the partnership's been great. We've had that with the Packers for 10 years. Um, I've been on a lot of um, Packer visits to schools mm-hmm. uh, over those years, uh, brought kids to games, uh, and, and just it keeps them motivated. And the, the teachers who are leading the adult part of this in the schools are always seeking that because they know that's what keeps their students motivated. Of course. Uh, so as we start to wrap up our discussion with Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin about where your dairy checkoff dollars are going, Karen, is there anything left for the good of the order that you'd like to mention? Well, I do want to mention again that this is you know a nationwide program. You, you'll be amazed at some of these statistics. You know, There's 73,000 schools nationwide involved in this leading health and wellness program. That's about three-quarters of all the schools in the U.S. Jeez. Yeah, and that has the potential to reach about 38 million students. So you could see, you know, the magnitude of this. And um, studies have shown 14 million of those students are making better food choices and 18 million are, are being more active. And in Wisconsin, you know, that just kind of trickles down to our own state as well uh, because of all the programs set up nationally, too. We work collaboratively with the national program and use a lot of their resources to help us to implement this in Wisconsin. So it's just all the dairy farmers nationwide. We, you know, we thank them for this. Our dairy farmers here in Wisconsin, they are just by far the best. I know that. <laughs> they and, are. And they, they uh, really do support the program, and uh, we appreciate every everything they do for that. Talking about where your dairy checkoff dollars are going, I'm Josh Scramlin. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. In baseball... 
These are the moments that bring us to our feet. But the most important moment happens when we all stand together. United for a great cause. We once again join our partners.